Welcome to Raising Up Copts, a podcast about raising up Coptic kids in Western culture, hosted by Madonna Lewindi and Laura Michael. Today's topic is on the light side. We're answering the question, how do you keep wonder in your children's lives? And what does wonder mean to you? Is wonder the same as innocence? Does it equal play? And how do you practice it in your spiritual lives and your daily lives? Yeah, and I kind of wanted to explore this idea of wonder because I've read so many things about kids maturing faster and they know more even younger and expectations are, are higher earlier in life. And there's already a pushback on a lot of schools because kids are forced to do things that sometimes just aren't developmentally appropriate, like sitting for really long periods of time when you're only five years old and being able to read super early, et cetera. But instead of focusing on the academic portion, portion which feels like something we can't really change at this point, um, unless everyone decides to homeschool their kids, I started asking myself, how can I keep wonder alive for my kids, even when the world wants to drag them into like complacency in the mundane? And I don't want to say drag them into reality, because the reality is there is a lot of amazing and wonderful things happening around us at all times. It's just that maybe we don't notice anymore or nothing really surprises us, good or bad. I don't know, Laura, what do you think? Yeah, I feel like we uh, definitely have to teach our kids the sense of wonder. They do have a natural affinity for it, but we have to show them that we, even as adults, find a, a joy and an awesomeness in the world. I mean, that's part of delighting in God's creation. I remember a couple of weeks ago, my kids came running to me saying, mom, 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 mom. And I was like, what is happening? And what they wanted was to drag me outside to show me the sunset, because that's something I always drag them out for. Whenever there's a spectacular sunset, which I would say is like five out of seven days here in Jacksonville, mm. we are always out there looking, gawking at the sky. Um, when the moon is full, we're always out there staring at it, bringing the grandparents out of their beds to come look at what the moon looks like today. Um, and I, so I really felt like, whoa, I succeeded. Like I've infected them with this idea that like we as a family find wonder and we, we enjoy God's creation and we enjoy staring at the sky and all it has to offer. Um, I feel like that's something that it's very easy to forget. You know, I remember a couple of nights ago, my son really wanted attention and he just kept, uh, he took this big blanket out of the closet and kept like flapping it around everywhere. And it's really cold these days in Florida. It's a whole 45 degrees and <laughs> I am freezing on the couch and he keeps flapping that thing in my direction and all that cold wind coming. And I, you know, I was, I kept telling him to just stop because I was so cold. But the thing is thinking back after he went to bed that night is he was just having that sense of wonder and playfulness, even just about a blanket, that a blanket can do that, that it can mm -hmm. flap, you know, that that's something to celebrate. I just love that so much. And I think it's something we have to keep and hold on to as we get older. I have to say that my mom probably instilled the sense of sense of wonder in me because my mom, even until this day, is one of those people who's like easily excited about things. <laughs> um, and she's, it's just like one of the sweetest things. And one of my favorite attributes about her, she'll like, you know, find a pen that clicks differently. And she's just like, look at, look at this pen, look at how it clicks or something. Or she'll see some animal in her backyard and she'll just be like, wow, look at that animal and, and just observe it for long periods of time. And even with my kids, you know, we try to find wonder in everyday things and in the hard things and in like the great and obviously wonderful things. Um, like it snowed the past couple of days here in Virginia, which 
we haven't had really a good snow in a couple of, of years now, but we did. And it actually closed school down for a couple of days. And man, we were just so amazed by the snow falling. And um, but then we started thinking about the fact that you can hear the snow plows behind our neighborhood. So we started paying attention to the fact that somebody invented a snow plow and they like actually drive through and clear the roads for everybody. And then it like snowballed. See what I did there <laughs> into this whole thing about how there's like a whole system of roads out there that somebody designed and somebody painted the lines and all those roads. Somebody came up with like um, all these road signs that all of us follow and just know what they mean. And it just became this like whole thing of like, I can't believe so many people work together to do these things that we really just take for granted. Now, I will say that I feel like this sense of wonder comes easily to some people and not to others. So for Danny, for example, my husband, he is not one of those people who's easily impressed by anything. He has a hard time being excited. His normal like state of mind is very bleh, like not like not bleh, but <laughs> he's going to kill me for saying that, but no, he's just very, um, things are like, when things are exciting, he's like, Oh, that's cool. And that's like, like the end of it for him. Calm Zen. He's very Zen. He's very Zen. But one of our first getting to know each other moments was on our honeymoon. And we were um, like in this tropical place where there's beautiful, colorful fish in the ocean. And every single morning I would run out to the pier and look outside into the water. And I'd be like, look at all these fish, look at all these colors, look at all these things, look at all these things. And he was like, yeah, cool. And the next day I ran out and did it again. Oh my God, did you see this blue fish? Did you see this green fish? Did you see this red fish? And he's like, yeah, it's nice. And then the third day, and finally he was like, dude, it's the same fish every single day. Like, what is your problem? <laughs> and I'm like, how are you not excited about these fish? And it really just like, ah, come on. <laughs> That's really interesting that you mentioned that. So we had a really interesting, <clears throat> so there's this thing that Abuna does that is just, I found very fascinating because it wasn't something that I would have ever done. But as we're driving on, you know, Virginia country roads, because we used to live in Virginia too, you would see the tr through the trees, all of these houses that are just tucked in between the cities, um, just uh, like in rural areas. And you don't even know like who's in there or like what's going on or, and Abuna, as we would drive by, would be like in each of these houses, there's, there are people with whole lives that we know nothing about that we will never know anything about. There are people who like, they have their own struggles and their own strengths. And we will never know, like, as we're driving past hundreds of miles of houses, all of these people that exist in the world, he had a sense of wonder about those people. And so the other day we were watching Lost, which is the best TV show ever. <laughs> I was rewatching it for like the 80th time or something. And Abuna was trying to say like, why do, why do these shows? So fiction is my specialty. I'm the English teacher. And Abuna is the engineer, he's the scientist. So he's saying like, why do we watch these things? Or why are we even interested? And so I told him it's exactly the same as that feeling of driving past and getting a, like finally getting little peeks into other people's lives. Like finally getting an answer to that question of like, what is that person like? And what is this person like? And what, it, fiction allows you to take that kind of peek into other people's psyche. That's so important in understanding, respecting and loving people that are very unlike you. That sense mm. of wonder and curiosity keeps you open to other people, even when they're in pain or painful to be around, you know? And, you know, like, I think one of the hardest things as parents is that you don't want to squash that sense of wonder in your kids. But sometimes um, 
our day-to-day life keeps us from letting them enjoy things and being amazed by things. Um, I remember I, I listened to this uh, video clip before of Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, he, who's an astrophysicist. And he was talking about one day he was like in the park and this may be a poor retelling of it, but he was sitting in the park and it had been raining the day before and he witnessed this mom and this uh, little girl or little boy, I don't remember. And the little girl I'll say was wearing all of her rain gear. They had umbrellas, she had um, like big old boots and she had this raincoat and her mom and her were walking through the park and the little girl wanted to jump in the puddle. And her mom ushered her past and said, no, 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 no. And just pushed her past the puddle. Like we don't want to get dirty. And he said, what a missed opportunity for this little girl. Like she was, she was prepared. She was dressed appropriately and it would have cost the mom nothing to let her just splash around and investigate and explore the curiosity of what would happen when I splash in this puddle. And it really just opened my mind to how many times I've probably done that to my own kids. And I think that contributes to the problem that we have as adults that we don't like that we take things for granted so quickly because we forget to take a moment and just be amazed by the simplest things like our kids are when it's, it's so easy for them to do. And it's a great lesson for us to learn from them. Absolutely. Yes. Like allowing them to be themselves, allowing them to be and explore the world in their own way. Uh, one of the listener submissions said, trying not to rush her through life. And I feel like <clears throat> the tendency is to rush, 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 yalla, yalla, yalla. You know, like that's my son's catchphrase whenever he, <laughs> because he's heard it so often, like hurry up. And so for, for us to acknowledge that what they create and love, even it's very simple, even if it's a like an unrecognizable drawing or I don't know, my daughter had this obsession with making slime, which I definitely tried to squash. <laughs> Not all cleaning that up all the time. <laughs> <clears throat> but this idea that like this is her, this is her scientific journey this is her journey through understanding life this is my son's journey in building weird creations with his legos that we don't can't comprehend but that he has memorized he has down this kind of and then for us to react with wonder to what they create so that they're encouraged to keep creating and to being themselves um, a lot of people wrote to us and said time in nature nature walks working in the garden, watering our plants, digging in the dirt. Um, I, I don't know, Madonna, I really don't like cleaning up after like muddy activities. Like, mm -hmm. is there a trick to the cleanup part? <laughs> well, I just want to, I want to bypass that whole thing. I mean, I, everyone always assumes wonder and, and being amazed has to do with nature, which is very wonderful and very amazing. But why not find wonder in the things that we have inside of our home too? And the things that we would normally partake in, like, um, or okay, let's think outside the box. I'll, I'll share a story of one time when we were at a like a event and we were sitting on bleachers watching something, and there was a little boy next to us. At least it was maybe only two at the time, and there's a little boy next to us who had a cochlear implant. Which, if you know what that is, it's like a hearing device that attaches from the the like the brain into the ear, and so you can see it. It's visible. And I remember she just kept staring at it and trying to touch it and look at it. And I had two options at that point. I was going to keep on like swatting her hand away and telling her stop and like, you know, Shh, and don't do that and all that stuff. But what I decided to do at the end of the show was basically turn to the mom, which was a risk. And I told her, you know, my daughter's very curious about your son's cochlear implant. Do you mind if like we talk about it with her and you can kind of like tell her about it? And the mom was like, um, 
well, he's 10 years old. Sometimes he can be weird about it. Let me ask you first. So she's asking him about it. She says, you know, there's this little girl that wants to ask you about your implants or whatever. And as he's saying it, she, he like, as she's telling him this, he pops it out of his head and pops it out and like hands it to Elise, <laughs> which I was like, oh my God, no, this is a very expensive piece of equipment. Don't do that. But <laughs> it took that opportunity to learn something new. And it was something that maybe we wouldn't have considered before. And we got to talk about it. He told her about it. And granted, she was too and lost interest very quickly in the whole conversation. But I feel like that's the kind of example we want to set that it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to explore, even if it feels awkward for us as adults. Um, and like, and I'll, and I'll say this, I read something the other day that really gutted me. And it said, um, you know, a lot of times we'll say like a kid is a good kid when what we're really saying is that they're a convenient kid. They just kind of do what they're told. They, they do what we ask them to do. And a kid had a good day when they listened and they were obedient all day. But it's in their best interest. And I'm going to regret saying this. <laughs> it is in their best interest to be able to um, try new things and to defy the, the logic for a little bit and to just explore outside of our very limited realm of what we think is okay. It is good for them, I would say. I would 100% agree with that, that they, the things that they choose to do, actually, that kind of their ability to risk take or to do things that are outside of convention are one of the most uh, formative, you know, actions that they can take or things that they can do. I remember one time a kid at the playground jumped off the high, like the top of the playground, like the, what do they call it? The high tower, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I like, my heart as a mother was not one of my kids, but my heart as a mother fell, but he stuck that landing. Like he did it. And I always think about the muscles he must've built over time to be able to do that. Like he, um, it wasn't like an accident or coincidence that he was able to do that. It was repeated encouragement and of him being allowed to be himself, allowed to feel like he can take these risks. And I know that I'm a very anxious mom and my, my thing is always, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> but I have to learn that this is the only way that they will grow is to be allowed to do things that set me in panic. <laughs> but what do you think God wanted from us? I feel like he didn't want us to just, you know, go through the day like robots. That wasn't what he intended at all. And, you know, I was talking with some friends about this whole topic and um, the whole idea of Adam and Eve came up you know, there was the garden of Eden and there was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And it opened up this idea that maybe one of the reasons that God didn't want them to consume of that tree was not just to preserve their innocence so that they are not, you know, inundated with evil and sin, but also to preserve their sense of wonder, like that they would look around at creation and the things that God had made for them and be like to know, to give glory to God and to be um, just constantly in awe of everything. And to feel like, once you know how everything works, some of that mystery is lost for you. Sometimes it can feel like, um, okay, what's the big deal? But there is a way for us to know how things work and still be amazed by it. Like modern medicine, for example, you can know exactly the mechanics and the biology and all of how it works. It's still fascinating, you guys. We took we took plants and made them healing for our bodies. That's that's fascinating, don't you think? I think it is amazing. It's incredible. I love what you said about what does God want from us. 
<clears throat> I recently heard someone say something. I know I'm not going to recall it exactly right. Something along the lines of that. It, he said it in a way that wasn't as cliche as what I'm going to say now, but <laughs> that, you know, this awesomeness and the wonder of God is on the other side of our fear that it's when we step out into what we're afraid of or what we are makes us so nervous and anxious or what we, the unknown, that's when we really experience God and it, to noon levels. I mean, obviously he's always with us, but this idea that like experiencing God is wonder that, you know, being with him is where we can get that, um, you know, being in a place of wonder is where we can connect with God and connecting with God is where we can get the, the feeling of wonder. This actually reminds me of our, of our verse for today, Laura, that it's from Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And I just, I mean, like that to me just sums it all up. I don't want to separate myself from wonder. I don't want to squash my kid's ability to see wonder because in finding wonder and all those things, I am connected to God. I am connected to my children, making time for them to explore and to do things that are incorrect and wrong to me, doing things that defy my logic and are outside of the bubble and the realm of what's normal gets me closer to God because barely anything from the stories we read in the Bible is within the realm of logic and within the realm of practical. None of it, none of the things that have to do with God are, are natural. They are supernatural. And that's what makes God, God. So the closer that we can connect to the kids in their sense of wonder, the closer we get to God. And I think that's part of what God meant when he said to, to make yourself like little children is to, is to be able to be connected to the world and to the supernatural in that way where everything is, is fascinating to you. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's something that we all need to work on cultivating in ourselves and recognizing sometimes taking cues from our children for it. I mean, if you don't feel like you're able to connect with your sense of wonder, maybe sit and observe your own children a little bit and see how, try to see the world again through their eyes, no matter what their age is, because even uh, even as they get older, they still have more wonder than you. <laughs> they still have yeah. more natural curiosity. And so, you know, even a 12 year old thinking about her first job is a sense of wonder that, you know, I don't think about my jobs that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And, and let's speak practically for a second. So you were saying just kind of sit and observe your kids. That's how you can connect to their sense of wonder. I know one of the things that really, um, causes me to rush my kids is planning just enough time to get ready to leave things like that. Like in the mornings, my kids like to explore their zippers. I don't know. The zipper is very fascinating to them. They like to zip it up and down. They like to connect it and unconnect, disconnect it and just see how it works. They like to like sit there and try to different ways to tie their shoes and all this stuff. And for me, I'm always like, no, man, you got to keep it moving, keep it moving. We got to get out. We got to get out. So maybe just allotting for extra downtime, not having a plan and just kind of giving them time. Like if you do have to go somewhere in the morning, instead of waking up at seven, wake up at 645, that way they can have a little bit more time to do those things that they, they are wanting to do that's natural to them. Yeah, I think there are practical ways, as you said, I love the idea of allotting more time. I think that makes a big difference. The, the mornings where we're all together and we're not rushing out the door are the mornings where we sit and talk about 
know, bagels and are fascinated by bagels for a few minutes instead of running around trying to find where's the missing shoe, you know? And I think that yeah. that makes um, even a weekday morning precious and special. Yeah, I love it. And I do think that um, God did want us to access the fullness of life in this way. I really think that he meant for us to be able to revel in everything that goes on around us. He allowed us to get this far in creation and to create so many wonderful things, not so that we can live this fast paced life where everything is go, 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 but so that we can still be amazed. And um, again, I just have to emphasize it's it's connecting you closer to the supernatural of God and his angels and everything that goes on, you know, around us that we don't know about in this, in the supernatural realm by being able to take time and pay attention to all the things around us that are fascinating and amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. And, um, and you know, this time won't last. They won't forever be this age where it's easy, right? It, it, it won't be forever that life will be, um, Life will give them, you know, a, a soft cushion and you'll be there for them and you'll be able to point them in the direction of wonder. You're, they will get older, right? Yeah. And I, and I have to say, like, um, a lot of people also say you don't want your kids to be ignorant and innocent. I don't think that um, wonder and innocence are the same thing. I have to say, like, I think that innocence is um, not knowing. Wonder is knowing and still being amazed by it. And still finding it to be something that you just can't explain or, or being able to explain and still feeling like, wow, how does this, how does, how can this even work like this? So I do think that you don't have to feel like your kids are going to be naive in order to keep their sense of wonder. No, it can go together a hundred percent. They can, they can live together in the, in the same body for sure. Yeah. Even scientists can be fascinated by the world. <laughs> And so, right, uh, we're coming up on, on Great Lent. And if you want to have your kids access Great Lent with wonder, <laughs> Laura, I want you to do a shameless plug because I cannot oh. wait to share what you guys are, what you're doing, what you're working on. Can you tell us about the Great Lent journey? Sure. So the Great Lent journey is intended a little bit for older kids. Um, and it's a workbook, 60 page workbook about Great Lent going through the readings in a very simple way with activities and a few extra extra type lessons, explorations of famous art, for example, and prayers that can be said and things like that. And it comes with a map so your child can walk through Great Lent and two passports so that if you've got two kids, I always plan things so that moms with two don't have to buy two, mm -hmm. uh, two passports and stickers that they can mark off the weeks as you learn about it, especially right now when I know we're not going to be able to make every Sunday due to COVID restrictions. Being able to walk through it at home through the Great Lent journey is going to be so helpful in making sure that we still remember all the readings and we still learn about all the people and all of the lessons of Lent. For me, my favorite part really is the map, the visual of walking in Christ's footsteps and having that up um, in our dining room. That's usually where we put it and being able to like plot along with the kids where we are this week and knowing that Holy Week is coming up and Palm Sunday is coming up and Lord knows what that's going to look like this year, but we are still excited nevertheless. Is it crazy looking at the map and seeing how like far and wide the travel was? Well, the map is actually not historically accurate. It's not oh. like, it's more of a visual, but it's not, I mean, if you think about it, 
Israel's not that big anyway. So it's not, you know, it's not like St. Paul's journeys. I got you. <laughs> but still being able to see, you know, the difference between being in the temple versus being in Samaria, that sort of concept. But you can learn more about it at greatlentjourney.com. Thank you, Laura. Thank you for sharing. And I definitely think that's another great way to access wonder. I know that was a shameless plug, but it's worth checking out. And on that note, please subscribe to our podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, on the Anaphora app, which we debated, is it Anaphora or Anaphora? Someone please tell us. (laughs) Um, And we'd love for you to share these episodes with your friends, especially if you enjoyed them. Raising Up Cops is a podcast hosted by Laura Michael and Madonna Lowendi. None of the views expressed during this recording are the official stance of the Coptic Church or its hierarchy. These are purely our personal opinions, collected experiences, and organic discussions on selected topics. If you'd like to reach out with any questions or comments, please email raisingupcops at gmail.com or post on the Coptic Dad and Mom Parenting Community on Facebook.